In this episode, I talk about what my grandma Pat taught me about an abundance of love. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. You can read a lot of books and talk to a lot of people and not learn anything. Elon Musk. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. Thanks for being here today. I want to talk about my grandmother. Grandma Pat is uh, what we would call her. Uh, She recently passed away. Uh, An amazing woman. And in all facets of the word. And I, she taught me so many things. Uh, you know, grandparents are good like that. They, they teach you things, not necessarily by sitting you down and saying, now, Josh, this is the way the world works. But a lot of times they just, they lead by example. They model the behavior that they want to create in the world. And you either see it or you don't. You either apply it or you don't. So I want to talk about Grandma Pat, and uh, just an amazing person all around. Uh, and just just to give you some perspective, uh, I'm from Kentucky, and uh, I worked really hard to get rid of the accent. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but I I never really felt like I fit in there. Uh, you know, I felt like I was kind of meant for bigger and better things, whatever that means. Uh, and but my family is from the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, uh, the eastern part of Kentucky that's kind of getting into the mountains, but not quite there yet. There's still a little bit of civilization left. And so um, both my mom and my dad are from this little town in Kentucky called Irvine. And, and if you're from California, it's Irvine. Uh, but in Kentucky, it's Irvine. And in Irvine, uh, there's not a whole lot going on. It's, you know, 5,000 people, give or take. Probably had a growth spurt 20 years ago to get to 5,000. There's a, there's a tiny little town square. Uh, there was a movie theater for a while. Um, there was a Piggly Wiggly, for those of you that live in the South, you know what a Piggly Wiggly is. For those of you in the Midwest, uh, are like, you know, what is that guy saying? And, and so... My grandmother raised six kids, one the, the oldest of which was my father. And uh, all six of them uh, are just, uh, I, I don't want to say they're all great people. I, I don't have a great relationship with my dad. I, don't know, I, I know who he is, but um, the rest of them I, I, do, I do feel like are uh, pretty outstanding citizens uh, and uh, very caring people, very loving people. Uh, my uncle, uh, my dad's brother, was a very influential person in my life, and um, he was kind of my male role model uh, for a long time. And so, but my grandmother raised all six of these kids, uh, and she lived in this double wide trailer, uh, and then after a while, converted it into sort of a house. 
And so they added some siding, they changed some things around, they made it into a house. Like, ah, you know, it's good enough. But she raised six kids, and they all six lived in there. And as far as I remember, there were only, I think there were only like three bedrooms uh, total. And so I don't know exactly how that worked, you know, back in the day when the kids were growing up. But I never really questioned it. Uh, You know, it was a very uh, humble house. Um, you know, nothing flashy or anything like that. There was a wood-burning stove, uh, and there's a, a kitchen that always smelled of delicious pork grease of some sort. Um, there was always some some beans uh, being made, and it took me until uh, it took me until I was an adult, and I had to actually ask somebody um, because my grandmother uh, would make pinto beans in the in the pressure cooker. And she would call them soup beans. Y'all want some soup beans? That's what she would say. Hey, y'all want some soup beans? (laughs) You know, and so I remember I was sitting there in an office. I had a job or whatever. And uh, there was this bowl of beans there. And I was like, oh, yeah, those are, I got those soup beans. And my my colleague was like, soup beans? What are you talking about, man? Like, that's not what you call them? You don't call them soup beans? And he's like, no, dude, those are pinto beans. Okay. Yeah, things you learn in Kentucky, whatever. So the reason, (laughs) I digress. So back on to the reason that I want to tell you this story is because my grandmother was this incredible person who had an infinite amount of love for the world. Every year for Christmas, I could always count on Grandma Pat to come through on like the, the baller gift. You know, whatever it was that I wanted, I would ask Grandma Pat, and she would get it for me for Christmas. You know, like that new Nintendo game, you know, the the new video handheld device, you know, that pair of shoes, that jacket that I wanted. I asked Grandma Pat, she would come up with it. But here's the thing, Grandma Pat didn't work. Uh, my grandfather uh, took care of the family. His name is Tracy. I'll make a whole nother episode about him. He was an amazing person, too. He's still alive. And so she found a way to take care of all these kids and raise them. And they all became, you know, adults with families. And then the grandkids came around, and that was me. And there was always like 50 people in this little double-wide trailer turned into a house. And they would just pack in there like sardines and... There was presence everywhere, and it was just this life of abundance. And I didn't realize at the time how little resources that they actually had. Uh, My grandfather had a very humble job. Uh, He didn't earn a whole lot of money, um, and they didn't really have any kind of savings or investments or anything like that. But they found a way to show me and all of us this life of love in abundance. And, you know, every Christmas it was just like crazy ripping open packages and all the kids were like, whoa, look at all this and running around and pork chops and you know, all kinds of stuff, right? And so so I start growing up. I get older. Uh, all of her kids are grown up and they're gone and they're out of the house. And she starts thinking to herself, you know, I don't think I'm done yet. I think I have a little bit more love to give. And so she started taking on, I think I was like 9 or 10 at the time, she started taking in foreign exchange students. 
And I remember uh, to this day there was uh, there was a brother and sister from Mexico. Uh, the the girl was named Maria. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down much. Uh, there's a lot of girls named Maria in Mexico. Uh, and then the boy was named, I think it was Alejandro or something like that. And I remember hanging out with them a few times, and, and they were trying to teach me, you know, hola, and teaching me some basic Spanish. And that was kind of cool. And then one year, there was this girl from Brazil. I do not remember her name, but I do remember she was from Brazil. And so she was teaching me how to say, I think it's oi in Portuguese. She was teaching me how to say that. And and so that was kind of cool. And, and they would live there. And I was I didn't realize at the time, but it's like, this is a tiny, tiny little town in rural Kentucky. I can't imagine what a culture shock that must be for a Mexican or a Brazilian to come and experience the United States and this be what they experience. It was the craziest thing. Now, looking back on it, I didn't think anything of it at the time. But now that I've been to Mexico a bunch of times, it's like, whoa, what a difference. Uh, and so she did that for at least at least those three foreign exchange students. There may have been a few more, but I, you know, I forgot. Uh, and once that was done... She was like, no, you know what? I have a little bit more love to give. And so she started taking in foster children from broken homes. And these were were the kids that were in the worst possible situations. They were sexually molested. They were physically assaulted. They were neglected. They were malnourished. They had developmental delays. There were all kinds of things that made these kids basically be rejected by the world and by civilization, by their parents, by the system. In, in all possibilities, nobody wanted these kids. But my grandma wanted them. Grandma Pat wanted them. And so she would take them in a few at a time, and she would bring them into that same double-wide trailer that had three total bedrooms. And she would teach them discipline and responsibility and how to be respectful and how to live in a stable home that wasn't full of drugs and animosity and craziness all of the time. And she showed them this infinite love And she would cycle them through. They would be there for a few years and they would move on or they would age out and become adults. Uh, I know at least one of them, uh, I think, uh, was uh, killed in a car wreck at some point. Uh, But most of, you know, everybody else, I'm pretty sure, survived. And they would kind of cycle through. They would be there for a little while and then they would move on. Maybe they would go back to their parents or something like that. But she had this impact on so many of these kids. I don't know the exact number at this point. Somebody probably knows, maybe my aunt or something. But I would imagine that it was at least 15 to 20 different kids over a period of 10, 15 years that she would just take in for a while, raise them right, so to speak, and then they went on to become successful people in whatever aspect you want to call that. You know, I'm not saying that they they went on to like, you know, run a multi-million dollar company or something, but you don't have to do that in order to be considered a successful person. If you came from a broken home 
where you were neglected or you were molested or you've been assaulted or neglected or you didn't have you didn't know when you were going to get your next meal if you came from a place like that and you were able to hold down a steady job and pay rent get a girlfriend and take her out to dinner that's a successful person and treat her right and be respectful to her and show her what life is supposed to be like too that's a successful person and my grandma pat she did that for so many kids that i can't even count and here's the kicker one time so she had about five of them at the house uh, at one time and they were all from different families they were all in very uh, precarious situations before they had all gone to uh, the foster uh, system because they were taken away from their homes. And so Grandma Pat takes them in. She's raising them right. She's taking care of them. And she says, you know what? I have more love to give. I'm not done yet. And so she decides when she has all five of these kids at her house, they're all under 18, by the way. Uh, and it was it was a range. I think at the time, I think the youngest was like three or four and the oldest was maybe 16, 17. She says, you know, you have lived an entire life. You kids have lived an entire life without a family. And so I'm going to give you one. And she adopted all five of them. And they all became Thomases. They all changed their last name to Thomas. And so I have five little aunts and uncles that are probably minimum 10 to 15 years my junior because my grandmother adopted them as children 15 years ago. And it was because she had more love to give. And she created this stability and this sense of belonging for five human beings that had never belonged to anything worth anything because she had more love to give. And that taught me a lesson that I will never forget. I saw it, actually, she didn't even tell me. You know, we don't, we never had a super close relationship. Uh, as I started growing up and moving away from rural Kentucky, it was, it was hard to keep a relationship with, you know, people back home because I was busy living my life. And I ended up moving a thousand miles away. And, you know, it's just... You don't make priorities and things like that. But I remember seeing like in a news article that she had adopted these five kids. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it had this tremendous impact on me. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm not sure that I ever got a chance to tell her. And uh, I'm regretful that I didn't. Uh, but it had a really big impact on me uh, to, sh- to see somebody who had more love to give and somebody who could be the shining example of what it's like to live life right, of what it's like to take care of others, to put somebody else first, to make the world a better place for no other reason than because you want it to be better 
and you believe you want and you believe you can and you have the energy and the resources to do it. She was not a wealthy woman by any means. But she found a way. She found a way to realize her vision of the world that says the world has an abundance of love and resources. And these children that you're casting away and throwing into the trash, they have value, and I'm going to prove it. And man, she did. And I'm so proud to be associated with her and to be a part of her family, regardless of the fact that we weren't super close and that we didn't really hang out a whole bunch. She had a tremendous impact on me, and I'm forever grateful for seeing that there is an abundance of love in the world. But you sometimes have to be the one who generates that love. And I want you to think about that if you're listening to this episode right now and you haven't had a conversation with your grandmother in a while and and she's still alive. Call her up and thank her. I don't know what she did for you. I don't know if you even have a relationship. I don't know if the thing that she did was good or bad. Call her up and thank her. Even if it was something that happened between the two of you that you'll never forgive her for. It was just the worst thing ever. Thank her for that because that taught you a lesson that you have taken into your adult life and I'm sure you've found a way to process by now. But most memories of grandmothers are good. So I think you're probably pretty safe to call her up and thank her if she's still around. And if she's not still around, if you're a religious person and you, you pray or you, you want to kind of talk through that way, have a conversation with her then in that way. Or call your mother or whoever else has had an impact on you that you haven't really realized. I want you to kind of sift through your history and and think of that strong woman who showed you something by example who didn't sit you down and said hey this is how the world works but just showed you by example by saying by not by not saying anything at all by just living the life that they thought needed to be lived i'd like to ask you to do that to honor yourself to honor my grandmother, Grandma Pat, and to honor your family member, whoever that may be, in their contribution to your journey. And, you know, it's it's not for me, really. It would, it would be an honor if you did that kind of on my behalf. Thank you. On the behalf of Grandma Pat, thank you. But really, this is for you. Because we learned so many lessons from those who model that behavior. I learned that there is an abundance of love. And one of my core values is because of my grandma. My grandma taught me that I need to be the difference. And that is the strongest core value that I carry. I need to be the difference. Grandma Pat was the difference. She embodied the difference. She went out and said, no, I'm taking this kid out of the trash and I'm turning it into a human being that deserves to be happy 
and live a good life. And I'm going to show them how. And she did. That'll do it for this episode of The Do Zone. Thank you very much. It's a little bit emotional sharing that story. So I hope you got something out of it. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear a story about your grandmother and how she impacted you. You can reach me on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, all the places. I'm pretty easy to find, uh, although I do have a common name. Uh, and so if you are, uh, if you have that story, please, please share that with me. Uh, also make sure to subscribe to the do zone. And, uh, so you don't miss any future episodes. Uh, you can go to the slash podcast and get all of our previous episodes. Uh, I'd love it if you could leave a review. Five stars is awesome. Uh, if you want to do something else, that's okay. Uh, leave a written review. It really helps with our rankings and it helps other people decide whether or not they want to keep listening to this podcast. Uh, so until next time, Hey, go do something. I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? Go do something already. See you next time. Mm-hmm.